It's easy to rejoice in here. It's easy to be swept up in the vortex of praise here amongst your contemporaries and amongst those whom are your brethren. It's easy to become demonstrative here. It is, it's easy. But the truth of the matter is the volume here does not really reflect to the real way you live out there. The demonstration here does not reflect how you represent out there. Surely this is, is, is it's, it's indicative how, to how the church is. You know, we, we, we live out loud in comfort, but we're silent in public. We're, we're, I don't want you to interrupt me. We live out loud, you know, in private, but we're silent in public. And it's dangerous. I've been speaking about the casualty of silence for the last two services, Sunday last and Wednesday past. And I've been speaking about the casualty, the hurt, the damage that silence does to the kingdom. Silence in the kingdom damages those who are groping in darkness. For those who are going the wrong direction and we don't give them the right navigation and let them run headlong into eternity without God, that silence causes casualty. Being apprehensive and, and, and afraid to speak openly about Jesus for fear of how people will take you or what they will think of you. That is what the enemy puts in your heart and your spirit to get you to shut your mouth. While the people pour into hell because God's representatives did not represent. Hear me, hear me. We have this wonderful, wonderful gift called salvation. It's a gift of God. It's a gift. Amen. It is a gift. And we've been given this gift. And we've been, he's revealed himself to us and told us and showed us who he is. And he is the God of all salvation. He is the God of all creation. He is the God of love. He is the, he is the absolutely uh, uh, omnipotent God. In other words, there is no other God. No, 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 no. There is no other God. There is no other God. I respect every religion that there is. I respect every single solitary religion and people's right to believe in what they want to believe. And I would never, ever, ever denigrate a person because of their belief. But I will never ever hold back the truth of who God is. That's why we have every one of these cameras. That's why we have these microphones. It's so that we can circle the globe with this and inspire the believers. But the truth of the matter is the majority of those who are viewing right now from the different countries, islands, different cities and states, they are believers. And this message is going out to believers. 
And it's not really, it's, it's not meant for the unbeliever. It's to get the believer to the point where they take the message to the unbeliever. What we do in Saturdays on Sabbath services or Sundays on our first day of the week services is we prepare the people to bring the message. We bring the message to the people so that the people can internalize it and let it build them up and then in turn take it to the people. Hello? But if we continually hear the messages and, and grow and be built up but then don't release the message of love to the people, then we become stagnant water. We become stagnant water. Water that does not flow develops stagnation and, and it starts to putrefy and it starts to smell. Water that could give life now gives it death because it sat too long in one place and too much bacteria and algae develops and it becomes unusable because we held it in a reservoir. You're not meant to be a reservoir. You're meant to be a river. Out of your belly shall flow. I don't hear anybody. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The same living water Jesus spoke about on Jacob's well to a Samaritan woman is supposed to be flowing out of us. Hello? But when we keep our mouths silent, it becomes stagnant. And the people that need help can't get help. That was the first message that I preached on Sunday last. Then Wednesday we spoke about, spoke about the casualty of silence that affects us. See, spiritually being silent affects them once we've gotten ourselves together spiritually. But solically being silent affects us. Solically, being silent affects us. No, 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 I, I, I expected this, I expected this. And Wednesday we talked about how we have lost trust and don't know how to trust one another. And so we don't divulge things to one another. And thus we fail to fulfill the scripture that is spoken in James. That said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. So the reason why we're not having healing is because we don't have trust to be able to confess to our brothers and sisters where our struggles are and our failings are. It's not our sins. You confess your sins to God. But if you have brotherhood, you're supposed to be able to utilize them to confess your struggle, your insecurities, your failings, your fears to one another. And have that person that's trustworthy do the same with you, one another, and pray for one another. Feeling the infirmities, feeling the same affections that the other one has because you suffer with the same thing. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. A lot of healing comes just by knowing that somebody can identify with what you're going through. Hello. It's called therapeutic. Where, where you can talk to somebody and they can identify what you're going through without judgment and love on you and understand you and you know that it will go to the grave with them. It will go to the grave with them. If you're trustworthy, it goes to the grave with you. 
I know not too many people can, can say amen to that. I know. But I'm trying to get you to that place where people can trust you. To have confidence in you. Amen. And I talked about how that is a part of the healing mechanism that God gave us. That we have each other. Kinship. Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Kinship. Brotherhood. Kinship. Brotherhood. The enemy wants us to believe that we have to deal with people that are secret enemies. No, 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 no. This is an interesting Sunday. We just finished speaking in tongues, jumping, falling over in the chairs. We just finished all of that running and twirling around. We finished. Now we're dealing with the sobriety of life. And because, as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, because it is at your doorstep now, you're looking out the windows instead of opening the door. You're looking through the shades instead of open up the door because it's needed. There are too many sick people emotionally and solically in church. It is quite possible to be filled with the Holy Ghost and still be limping. Hello? It's quite possible to have the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and be prophesying to others while you are sitting back in a rubble of emotions that have not been healed. For God will use the vessel, but then you've got to make sure that the vessel is up to par. You've got to lay aside the weights. You're not going to take them from you. You've got to lay them down. And in order to do so, he's given us one another. They will know that we are his disciples by the love we show one to another. Amen. And the silence that we have destroys relationship the, the third kind of casualty of silence the third casualty that I want to talk about is the relationships that are destroyed because of silence S silence in the kingdom causes people to die without hearing about Jesus hello silence in us causes us to suffer in pain and, 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 and uh, you know, unseen pain causes us to fall apart. But silence, thirdly, also destroys relationships. A relationship cannot continue without verbal communication. A relationship cannot grow without verbal communication. Many problems continue because there was no communication. Many attitudes continue because there was no communication. Self-righteousness prevails because there's no dialogue, not monologue, dialogue and communication. It is destructive to any union when you do not communicate. Hello? I'm just not talking to you. That's what the devil wants. Because there can be no resolution. Hello? There can be no resolution. If you go to the altar to offer up your gift, and you remember that your brother got an art with you, 
go communicate. Go communicate. Because if you don't, your silence will destroy the relationship. And there will be a wedge in what was once close. Simply because of fear or pride. I don't hear anybody. Or insecurity that keeps us from speaking and verbalizing and keeping the relationship vulnerably transparent. I know that I've changed the mode altogether. The mood of the room has shifted. But we lose too much in a, in a place where we're supposed to be unified. In unity, there's supposed to be strength. In unity, God commands the blessing, even life forevermore. I don't hear anybody here. God wants us to be one. Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, make them one. Make them one as we are one. I and you, them and us, make them one. And that's not just in the church. That's at your home. That's at your home. Husbands ain't talking to wives and wives ain't talking to husbands and and the problems are growing and prevailing because there's no speech. Arguing is not talking. Arguing is proving your point. And the other person's point don't matter. That's what makes an argument. A conversation or dialogue is two people hearing each other. It's not the belligerence of one, but if you're having a dialogue, it is two people conceding to hear one another's point. Amen. That's why when I'm in conversations with people, I make people stop interrupting. People interrupt before the person can finish their thought. No, let them finish their thought because you got to be sensitive enough to hear them. Even if you think they're wrong, even if they are wrong, you've got to be sensitive enough to hear them. And you got to table things until your spirit is right. Because your spirit being off will stop you from hearing them because your attitude is jacked. And I'm talking to all of us, y'all. Stop clowning. That's right. Amen. Tell them, Pastor. No, I'm telling you. Stop, stop deflecting. Stop deflecting. Hello. An argument means two people are, uh, have, have dug their heels into the sand and saying, I'm right. And you know I'm right. And then no matter what you say, I'm right. Let me prove my point while I'm right. While I'm right. But I don't care what you think. I'm right. And see, you saying that because you know you're wrong. And when you got two people doing that same thing, Hazel, you find two battering rams. Just button hit. Poof. Backing up again. 
and then coming back again. Backing up again. And nobody's getting nowhere. You're trying to knock each other out instead of trying to embrace one another. You want your point to knock them out. This is a quiet room. Good. Take it in. I know I am. This is how we destroy relationships. Amen. See, because I found out that if I'm right, I don't have to, I don't have to holler now. I, yeah, I just found that out recently. Because anybody who knows me knows I was a hollerer. Now, what are you doing? And, and what good are you? And uh, just hollering. Until finally the Lord taught me. When you know the truth, you ain't got to holler. When God puts you in authority, you ain't got to holler. Now, don't come to my rehearsals because I'm still working on it. Don't come to my music. I'm still working on it. I'm a work in progress. Oh, Lord, fix me. There's too much joy coming from this section. Too much, too much joy. <laughs> but I found that you don't have to holler. You can say, okay, well, let's just move on and go back and visit it again when the both parties got some sense. Or the multiple parties get some sense because sometimes quiet and time heals, but being silent doesn't work. Am I making sense? You got to know when to be quiet and how long to be quiet and then come back and address it again, but you must address it. Because if the relationship is important to you, if the relationship is important to you, then it is worth the conversation. It's worth the conversation. And if the person is important to you, it I got to come down off of this. I got to come down. If the person is important to you, it's worth the conversation. Now, conversations don't have to go the way you want them to, but they have to reveal what you feel. Because your feelings are important. Amen. Even if it's something that's undoable, your feelings are important. Even if it's something that we cannot accomplish in the relationship, I need to know how you feel. And your silence and shutting down doesn't give me that opportunity. And sometimes we use our silence as a weapon. As a weapon to hold back our love mechanism. Because you know, when, when, you, when you learn the art, uh, uh, when you unlearn the art of hurt, when you learn the art of hurt, how to hurt you learn how to pull your love back. You pull your love back. Because you know that that's going to cause hurt. You shut down and you be, I'm not saying nothing. Because you know that's going to prick them. And when you use silence as a weapon, I'm not talking about shutting down so that you don't hurt their feelings. I'm 
Because sometimes you got to shut down so you don't let that sharp tongue go. Y'all know which ones I'm talking about in this room. I don't know you, but you know you. You know you on, online. That sharp tongue that if you don't shut down quickly, you're going to have to repent to God and man. Anybody want to tell the truth about themselves? You know, because some of us got a, you know, our tongue and, and brain are fast. Our tongue and brain are very fast. Very fast. Sometimes your tongue go faster than your brain. Because you say something and then your brain say, why did you say that? Why didn't you just slow down? I was trying to tell you something. Anybody hear your tongue ever go faster than your brain? And then when your brain kicks in, you looking like, you know, like a donkey. Anybody ever say something and you're like, you're Vannins, Thomas Vannins. And your mind say, you just blew that. You just, if you would have just stopped for a minute, I would have told you, don't answer that. So we're not talking about that kind of controlling your tongue. We're talking about silence and absence of sound. An absence of sound. An absence of communication. We're not talking about a control of your tongue. We're talking about an absence of communication. If I fail to communicate to somebody who's important to me, I jeopardize continuing the relationship. I jeopardize if someone comes to me and asks me my heart that I'm in league with, if somebody that I'm connected to and relating to comes and asks me my heart and I don't reveal it to them, I jeopardize the relationship. I sat with my sisters on yesterday I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was there for the Walk of Fame on Friday. And Saturday was the Stellar Awards. Yesterday was the Stellar Awards, and I was supposed to present. I'm a statesman in the gospel music field. I have been etched in the fabric of gospel music around the world. No, 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 no. And so I was expected to stand and present the awards to the next generations and the like. My sister Andrea and my sister Tanya and my sister and my sister's daughter Maisha and my cousin Bunny and they were there. And when it was time to go and to present I made the mistake of going to breakfast with them. And everything McClurkin 
came out. And we talked. And we talked. And we talked about pleasant things. We talked and made fun about some things that were serious. Because, you know, if you're a McClurkin, you make a joke out of everything. And we joked about some things that were serious at one time, but God had healed. And before we knew it, hours had gone by. And I had to go. And it hit me. What's more important? Your image or your relationship? What's more important? How you are seen or who you love? And myself and my sister Tanya had been estranged for about a year or so. And all of that estrangement went out the window. Just, sit, well, no, just sitting there listening to her voice, looking in her face, laughing with her, talking about what went wrong, talking about what she felt, her hearing what I felt, us laughing about that calling each other names can't tell you what I said but that was more important than standing in front of a camera for about a hundred million people to see well if you miss this you're going to miss out on the millions that can see you you, you, you got to stay prevalent you got to stay in front of the people this gives you millions of viewers but what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul wait a minute that doesn't mean go to hell that means lose what's important your emotions is your soul I don't hear anybody what good does it do to stand in front and gain the whole world oh you're great but the things that mean the most to you that should mean the most to you you jeopardize that. No, I cannot be silent with these and vocal with them. I've got to make a choice and not allow my silence to cause what's most important to be put in jeopardy. So the third part is the relationships. The third part of the casualty of silence is the relationships. What relationships are we losing trying to prove our point? What relationships are we losing not opening up our hearts enough to talk? What relationships are we jeopardizing? Hello? By not going and speaking to people who are estranged. People who have been distanced through time and through heartbreak. Why are we so willing to let go of that which is precious just to keep our pride? No. I keep singing week after week. I need you and you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Hezekiah, I owe you a lot of money. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's Body, it is his will that every need be supplied. 
You are important to me. I need you to survive. I need you to make it. I need you to withstand. And I need to be open with you. If we're in a relationship, are you hearing me? Whether it's a wife, husband, whether it's a father and mother to a child, child to the father and mother, if the child cannot come to the parent and openly talk, it will destroy the relationship. Amen. My child can't just come and tell me anything. Let your child come and tell you anything so that the relationship doesn't suffer casualty because of silence. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, no, I know what he wants to tell me. I know what she wants to tell me, but I don't, I refuse to hear it. Hear it even if you got to cry. Hear it even if it breaks your heart, but never shut the door to conversation because it will be saving grace for your child. I know that, parents, I know that that kind of hit some of you a little strange. Let me say this and I'm going to get in trouble for saying it. I'm going to get in trouble for saying it. Elder Dyer, even if your child comes and tells you about their sexuality, you don't shut down on them. Because they're still your child. raise you to be like this I don't want to hear it that'll destroy the relationship the choice that they make that's the choice that they make but the choice you make will decide whether the relationship continues if you make the choice to hear them and love them to hear them and give them a place that they can talk to hear them and give them the ability to trust your heart. To hear them and know that even if they've disappointed you, this is still an open door for you to come and tell me anything. I will deal with my emotions outside of this. And I will not use my emotion to control you. I will converse with you. And I will tell you the truth. Regardless of whether you believe it or not. But with conversation is a two-way street. You can tell me whatever you need to tell me. And I'm going to show tell you whatever I need to tell you. And we're going to both understand each other. But you will always be able to come and converse. A husband that doesn't talk to his wife or a wife that doesn't talk to her husband are just living this by certificate only. By certificate only. If you don't continue conversation in your home, not argument in two rams button heads, I got to go. My time is up, Jesus. If you don't continue conversation in your home, you won't have a home. You'll have a house. And you will live in that house and people will see you come in and go out together and they think that you're okay 
when, when, you, when you walk through the door, it's hell. And it's not screaming and hollering hell, it's silence. Am I talking to anybody here? Am I talking to anybody here? You know, honestly, y'all, that's what the devil wants. That's what the enemy wants. Why did they break up? Irre irreconcilable differences. What was it? They weren't talking. They weren't talking. And when they were talking, they were talking at each other, not to each other. Hello? But sometimes, and let me say this as, as a man that's romantic but not married. And none of y'all get no ideas because I ain't talking about you. Sister McClurkin is not coming from this con congregation. She's not coming from this. But let me tell you something, my brothers. Communicate with your wives. Grab that heifer. I said it. It's on, it's on this. It's on. Grab that heifer and shut her mouth by kissing her with all your might. Kiss that woman. And when she try to say something else, just grab her by both cheeks and kiss her again. And tell her from now on, whenever you try to say something off, I'm going to just kiss you. And if she punch you, call 911 and kiss her again. Call 911, kiss her again. And when you visit her, kiss her through the plexiglass. But don't let anything stop. You know what I'm talking about, Daddy. As a matter of fact, get up, kiss your wife right now. Get up, kiss your wife. Look at your going, wow, Love is a remedy to silence. Love is a remedy to silence. Talk to the person that you love that you don't want to lose. Whether it's husband, wife, whether it's mother, daughter, son, son you know, son, uh, mother, daughter, son, father. Talk to the one you don't want to lose. Whether it's friend, best friend, acquaintance, no matter what category you want to put it in. If they're important to you, talk to the one you don't want to lose. And don't talk at them and don't try to prove your point. Just let them know you love them. So that your silence doesn't cause a casualty in the relationship. Why are we so stiff-necked and hard? Why do we struggle so hard with some simple things? Why do we allow the enemy to puppet us like Kermit the Frog? Put his hand on our back and just shut us down. That's not the way that it's supposed to go. And my time is up. And I have got to stop being overtime every week. I really do. But y'all keep praising God so long. Y'all you know, took 30 minutes of my time falling out and jumping and running. <laughs> reel that in. <laughs> no, don't reel that in. I just curtailed some of my message. Understand, y'all. When you go home, talk. Tell that woman, get in the car.
Where are we going? Anywhere. Just get in the car. Let's go sit at Jones Beach and just look at the water. What's wrong with you? This is wrong? You got to look at them crazy like this is wrong? Romancing you, talking to you is wrong? What is the problem? I'm going to be a great husband. I tell you this much. I tell you. Yeah. yeah. You gonna, Hallie going to love me. She's going to love me. But I, I say this all jesting and I close now. I wrap this up. Hear me. All levity aside. It is important. And I know that I'm talking to people in this room. And I know that I'm talking to people that are watching by way of live stream. I know that God told me to curtail the emotion for a moment and speak soberly. And I follow the instruction of God. Because it is important. What I'm telling you is life-giving. It will bring life back to your relationships. The power of life and death is in the tongue. That means your speech. Your speech. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Your speech. If you close it up, they'll die. If you open it up, it'll live. Power of life and death is in your tongue. So open up your mouth and Put it to practice today when you get home after Church Without Walls. After Church Without Walls. After Church Without Walls. That begins at 3 o'clock. Western Beach Park and Light going to Babylon Turnpike, Nassau Road, Roosevelt, New York. Amen. Put it to, put it to work. Because now I got, I'm telling you, I got my family back. And I want to be able to clap for you as you get your relationships back. As you get your, your wives back and your husbands back, your children back. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. And it only happens through communication. I'll end with this. If my mother and grandmother would have communicated with us years ago, there's some cycles that would have been killed. But because my grandmother was a byproduct of rape, well, no, she was, she was raped from the years of 1930 to 1932 by her stepfather from 10 years old to 12 years old, raped consistently, and nobody said anything. And nobody said anything. So it happened for two years straight. It wasn't a one-time occurrence because nobody communicated the casualty of silence. Yes, the same Nana speaking in tongues and laying hands she got pregnant at 12 years old in 1932. And she had a daughter by the name of Frances, which was my mother, out of rape in 1933. And because of the hurt, they never wanted to talk about it. So my mother didn't know that her mother was her mother until she was 16, because nobody talked about it. She thought her grandmother was her mother and that she was her mother's youngest sibling because nobody wanted to talk about it. A sophomore in high school and you calling your mother's sister for 16 years 
That was her name for my, for my grandmother. Hi, sister. And then they sit you down and say, for 16 years we've been telling you that she's your sister, she's your mother. And destroyed my mother's whole perception and emotion. And you tell this to a 16 year old, she doesn't know what to do with this. And then when we came along, my grandmother wouldn't let it. my mother talk to us about it. My mother snuck and told us as kids, but we were mandated not to say anything to Nana. And if you did happen to mention it, Nana would go into a tirade and you mind your business. What are you talking about? Go sit down. What are you talking about? Just shut your mouth. And anger, anger. Because when you don't talk about it, it festers. So when I was raped, because this is generational, it's generational. When I was raped by my grandmother's brother, it's generational. Because if you don't talk about it, it'll run through your whole family. You got to stop it. When I was raped by, and I, I grew up, and when I told the story openly, the whole family went crazy. Not the whole family. My grandmother and my, grand, my, my grandmother and my mother went crazy. Why would you stand up here and talk and tell all the business to all these people? You just you can't hold anything. You just talk about everything. Why don't you learn how to be quiet and just shut your mouth sometimes? You're just, you're always embarrassing. Because I don't want to be like that. No, no, no. Because I don't want to be like that. In my 60s and 70s and still scared to talk about something that happened when I was 10. I want communication to be healing and therapeutic. And so I stood and told my own story. Because I'm not going to let this thing hover over me. And I'm not going to go into the same cycle. I'm going to free myself. And I'm going to keep relationship. And I'm going to talk about what went wrong so that we can talk about what, what goes right. Now, I, I have to end because I'm grossly over time. And I know that this has made some of you a little trepidatious. I know this made some of you kind of draw back. But the Bible said, he that has a drawback spirit, God said, I find no pleasure in you. Sometimes you got to go back into your history and talk about it. Sometimes you got to go back and repair some things before they close their eyes. That same uncle that raped me. I had, to, I had to talk to him before he died. I had to fly from Detroit. Talk to him. Tell him in the words of Bishop O.T. Jones Jr. All is known and all is forgiven. Go see Jesus. Go see Jesus. I told my grandmother the same thing. It's okay, Nana. It's okay. It's okay. Everything is okay. Everything worked out fine. When she went to heaven, she could go to heaven knowing that all was well. No, no. Shh. All is well. Because communication may hurt in a way, but it heals in a greater way. Talking may hurt because it talks about subject matter that you did not want to deal with.
but it will cause you to learn how to trust and learn how to ex exhale and heal. I got to stop now. I really have to stop. I'm 35 minutes over time. But my brothers and sisters, if you know that I'm talking about you, whatever your, you, your, your specifics are, it's not important to me. But if you know that I'm talking to you and that you need to start talking to somebody that you love, but pride and anger and brokenness has caused you to shut down and become silent, and you know that you've got to open up conversation and dialogue again, if I'm talking about you, just raise your hand so gently. Raise your hand. And, and listen, stop fighting yourself because some of you are sitting there fighting. What good has the fight gotten you this far? If you know that you've got to do some, some reparative work and, con con and con converse, raise that hand, raise it. No fear, no fear, no fear. Brush fear away, tell it to get away from you. Because you can't continue on like this. To you that are watching, same thing. It's time. Everyone that knows that you need to let go of this, stand up. Don't have to come down here, just stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let your mouth heal others and heal yourself. Let your conversation heal your relationships. And now.